Oh yeah, another episode with Mr. Paul Burgess, Health Talk Radio. We're going to be talking about carbs today, and are they the enemy? Oh my gosh, is any food the enemy? You've got so many people out there that say, gosh, food is not the enemy. Don't make food the enemy. And so we're going to go deep into carbs, non-active carbs, carbs, sugar, and we are going to get down to the nitty-gritty bottom line about carbs. Paul, how you doing today? I'm good, mate. How have you been? I'm doing well, too. I polled the Discord audience, and it seems like there's a lot of confusion around carbohydrates. Are they good? Are they bad? You've got the keto people out there saying, don't ever touch a carb, don't even look at a carb. And then you've got the bodybuilders out there who are saying, but you need carbs because they shuttle the, the protein and the nutrients into the muscle. And so let's, let's let this rip, man, because there's a, there's a lot to cover here in this episode about carbs. Oh, dear. So are carbs bad? Are carbs bad? Yeah, I mean, carbohydrates are pretty good, to be honest, um, so long as they're the right ones, right? That's the biggest thing that people need to understand, I think. When people talk about carbohydrate, are they talking about sweet potatoes or are they talking about candy and, and everything in between, Twinkies and donuts and all those sort of things? Because, you know, pizza is a carbohydrate. I think there was a time, and I'm, I don't know if it's still the case, in the USA, pizza was classed as a vegetable because it had tomato on it. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so, but the distortion of what is a whole food, the understanding, I think is the first place to start because there's so many things can be classed as carbohydrate because they have high amounts of sugar or they have a, a carbohydrate content to them. And without getting too detailed, carbohydrate is basically something that breaks into breaks down into sugar. And our bodies run on it. They, it loves it. And it, it works very well on glucose. However, if you have too much of it, then you end up only burning glucose and you never burn fat for fuel. So you lose this metabolic flexibility that we've spoken about in other episodes and and you end up just running on carbohydrate you have to imagine it like this carbohydrate is like lighter fluid right you set a match to it and it'll go up very quickly so it's easy burned body fat is like a uh is like wood it takes a while to catch fire but when it does it will burn very well for a long period of time. But think of, you know, a house on fire, that, that thing will go for hours until it's put out. Whereas gasoline, if you light it, it's very quick in, out and done. And carbohydrate is like the gasoline. And these are one of the big issues with modern day foods is that they're full of gasoline and they've got no real um, carbohydrate in them, most of them. So what happens to people is they end up relying on carbohydrate and glucose for their energy. And as soon as that glucose runs out, they get hangry, right? They get irritated and they get short-tempered and everything else because their body has forgotten how to burn fat for fuel. It hasn't got that. I know that feeling. I know that, I know that hangry feeling. Right. And, and if you go back to the three by five diet, which so many people are picking up right now, 
uh, it deals with all of that because you you have carbohydrate in the evening specifically to replenish your glucose levels, give you energy throughout the day, make you sleep better, do all the great things that carbohydrates do in your body without overeating them all day and then just having high blood glucose. And so they're the things really, the question should be, you know, not are carbohydrates bad because in and of themselves, they're not. It, the question should be, how is overconsumption of poor quality carbohydrate destroying like our that. health? I like that. I like that. Is it, is it, is there technically three categories? I, I just wrote down what I thought, you know, if I'm breaking down carbs, I'm looking at them in, in three different ways. And this may go back, this may take you back or take me back to the bodybuilding days, right? So we've got non-active carbs, which are leafy greens and, and vegetables. We've got complex carbs, which are more starchy carbs, which are like quinoa, brown rice, sweet potatoes. And then we have sugar, which is also another carbohydrate. Is that the way that you look at carbs? And is that the way that the the listeners should look at their carbs? Or is there a better way? Well, um, personally, I would say you've got simple and complex carbohydrate. And things like dark green leafy vegetables and like non-starchy vegetables, you know, like asparagus and, you know, all the, the, the stuff that, you know, are vegetables but are not starchy, they are just good fiber. Right. So you've got another category, which is soluble and insoluble fiber. And so I wouldn't count any kind of non-starchy vegetable in a carbohydrate allowance, if you like. Right. That's, <clears> that's, far, that's the way I've been doing it. Mm-hmm. There, there are much, much more nutrient dense value to those vegetables than just the macronutrient, which is the carbohydrate. So you want to look at complex carbohydrates, which are your sweet potatoes, white potato white rice, brown rice. White rice slips into this simple carbohydrate because it's very fast releasing. Um, root vegetables, like anything that grows under the ground, tends to be quite starchy, but it also takes quite a long time to break down. And then you've got your simple carbohydrates, which are the things that burn really quick. So glucose, um, sorry, uh, white rice, um, things like bread, pasta, that kind of thing, they just break down very quickly because they're quite low in carbohydrate, in fiber, getting all my words wrong today. They're quite low in fiber and therefore they break down very quickly. And also it's worth understanding how carbohydrates affect blood glucose because they break down into sugar and then your blood glucose elevates. When you have high blood glucose, you cannot burn fat. So it's only when your glucose drops enough that your body will switch to fat burning. But here's a good way to think about it. The longer it takes a carbohydrate to break down in your body, the less spike you're going to get in blood sugar. So if you have something, there was a, there was a quite a popular uh, protocol um, a few years ago where people would eat after their workout, they would eat these um, gummy bears or like these really sugary candies. Oh yeah. That, oh yeah. Uh, I remember the, the, uh, the influencers were, were doing that. Yeah. The, the fit gurus. Yeah. Right. So that, cause it will, it will, it will drive insulin up and the insulin will drive glucose, drive glucose and nutrients into your muscles. And technically that could happen. 
Um, but you have to be pretty good at absorbing carbohydrate for that to be worth doing. Mm-hmm. Right? It, it's not it, actually it's not really necessary. For the average person, I would imagine, like, we're not really worried about that, right? For maybe a, 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 you know, a competitor, a bodybuilder, right? They, you know, and and so here's the thing, here's the thing, right? You're watching these bodybuilders, you're not really a bodybuilder, you're watching them and you're taking tips from them because they look good. And so you're saying, well, gosh, I should have my carbs post-workout because I'm going to look like that. Well, uh, it's not really the case. Well, everyone's individual and I don't think, you know, unless you are training like a bodybuilder and you're dedicating your life to it <clears throat> you're not you're not a bodybuilder if you're doing four days a week in the gym but you need to eat sleep and breathe it and it, that's the only way you'll put significant muscle mass on your frame over a period of time and then you've got the addition of uh, hormones and steroids to enhance that further mm-hmm. but as a as general kind of rule you know if you're just a a recreational going to the gym kind of person you're not in that bodybuilding sort of category you might have a bit of mass on you but you're, you're not going to be a, a big lad and so going back to the uh, carbohydrate and the speed at which it breaks down this is an example for you so if you took a sweet potato because i know you're a fan but you <laughs> ate, a little you, bit yeah you you <laughs> ate it like an apple Right, so you just ate the potato raw. You mean like, like, like without cooking it, just took a bite out of it? Just raw, yeah, yeah. Would, right? That so would hurt if, your teeth. Don't would it, for, so like, like the, 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 let's make sure the listeners don't go and do this tonight. You chip a tooth. I don't suggest you do it, but if you yeah, were to do okay. that, the disclaimer, yeah, you would have to chew it quite a lot in your mouth initially, right? right? Oh my gosh! And, yeah. and then eventually, when you've broken it down enough, you would swallow it. And then your digestion has to go to work to try and break it down further, right? And then and, and the amount of time it takes to break it down and then eventually go from a very complex high-fiber carbohydrate source into a single sugar molecule, which is what it has to be to be used, it will take quite a long period of time, right? Hours probably. And it would probably be a bit of discomfort because it would be so uh, difficult. So what we do is we cook those types of carbohydrates right potatoes and sweet potatoes and things and we do the job that the body would do outside in the in the saucepan Mm -hmm. right so we boil and we break down the fiber Mm -hmm. to a point which we can then eat it comfortably yes which obviously then shortens the time it takes for us to absorb it so if we go to an extreme, if you if you just boil sweet potatoes, but the center is still a little bit raw, so it has a, a little bit of bite to it, you know, you stick a knife in and you can still feel it's not like butter, it doesn't go straight away through, and you eat that, then you've still got to do some work and it will slow down that, that release, right? If you went to the extreme and boiled it to within an inch of its life, and then mashed it, and it was almost liquid. Yeah, that is the same as glucose. That's the same as sugar right, right. because you've I'm broken glad, I'm, down. I'm glad you're. Sh- I'm, I'm glad you're sharing this because I, what I what I want to make sure that the audience is understanding is is that how you cook them, how you prepare them, actually makes a difference in I'm how your body digests them and in the glycemic load, right? In in the amount of sugar 
that is absorbed. Yeah, right. So it's like, you know, if you break it down to mashed potatoes, say, or white potatoes to mash, it's so broken down, it's so boiled that your body does nothing with it other than release glucose, release sugar, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. the fiber's all gone and everything else. Now let's go to the other the other end of the scale. Well, let me before you before you go into the other end. What what's the best what's the best way to cook these things, right? So if you know the, the world needs to lose weight, it's no secret, right? So let's just put that out there. Most people need to lose weight. How should people be cooking? Let's just say potatoes. If their goal is weight loss and they don't want that glycemic load to to hit them and they don't want that insulin spike, you're saying don't cook them as much. Yeah, well, you are going to get an insulin spike. It doesn't matter what you do to them. You're going to get get insulin. Right, but the difference between... Insulin is not the problem, right? So let's get people to just discount that as why I'm doing it. Insulin spike, sugar spike is not the problem. You're going to get that anyway. It's how quickly you get the insulin, uh, the sugar spike, and how high it goes and how high it stays, how long it stays there, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So if you're having... Because you can have a quick insulin, a, a, a quick sugar spike, and if it's in and out very quickly, then there's no problem, right? No harm, no foul. But if it's up and it stays elevated for four hours or five hours or ten hours, that's an issue. Mm-hmm. And 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 so it's elevated. So elevated insulin is the issue. It's elevated not the quick sugar. Spike. Elevated, elevated sugar. sugar. It's yeah. not the quick spike. Quick spike's fine if you can get right. it in and out quickly. That's not a problem. Mm-hmm. But, so what keeps it from going in and out very quickly? Okay. So remind me to come back to the question about how's best to cook them. Yes. And sorry, so, sorry. This is so, this is important. I think this is a really good. Right. This is a really good, good area for it, us. To here, focus on. here is here is one of the biggest things that annoy me when I read it online, and I hear it all the time. That you, you get a graph that shows sugar going in. And then you get another graph that says, if you eat fat with your sugar, with your carbohydrate, it will slow down the release of the carbohydrate. Okay, so you'll have a lower spike. So therefore, eat fat with your carbohydrate because it will slow down the release of the I've heard that sugar. before. Yeah, yep, yep. And it is absolute fucking nonsense. Mm. You must, and I'll must tell you why. <laughs> You don't swear that often. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) I'll tell you why it annoys me. The truth of the matter is, if you have fat with your carbohydrate, you will slow down the release of it, but over a much, much longer period of time. So in actual fact, it will go up to, let's say, half the the, the rate, let's say. It goes up 50% but it will stay there for five or six hours. And whilst it is elevated, you will be releasing insulin. Your insulin will be bathing on the cells. Your cells will become less sensitive to insulin because you've just bathed it for five or six hours in there. Whereas if you'd had that carbohydrate on its own and it went in and came back out in 20 minutes, you know it, the spike went up and came back down again, you wouldn't have had the problem. So mm, this, is a, really, this is this is good. This is good. It's really so, important so is, for pe- people to understand the length of time that you're exposed to it is an issue. Go back to the three by five diet. It takes care of all of that stuff. It doesn't happen. Yes. 
so the people that are listening, you got to go back. I think it was episode three, maybe four, Your Last Diet. That's where Paul gives you the three by five. Now, my question really quickly, Paul, as we're discussing macronutrients. No, but hang on. Let me finish that one. Yeah. One sec, yeah. one sec. Okay, okay. sorry, what, sorry. What, hold on, I got to write this down. I got to write my question down. Hold on, hold on. Um, okay, good. Got it. So how do you re um, re reduce the, uh, the, the sugar spike when you eat carbohydrate? You don't add fat to it. You have fiber. And the fiber is the thing that slows down the release and reduces the spike. And therefore, you don't get the spike and you don't get the length of time. And so have fiber with your sugar, right, with your carbohydrates, which comes back to what's the best way to cook your carbohydrate. And that is as a whole food. So if you're doing um, uh, sweet potato, for example, leave the skin on. It's where the fiber is. It's and it, sweet potato actually, you know better than I do, but has has a huge amount of nutrients in them. Fiber being one of them, but the skin is also very very good to eat because it will help with all the slowing down of the um, sugar. But also, it's really good for your gut health. Most people don't eat enough fiber. Mm -hmm. If you're looking at potatoes, I don't know what you call them in America, but over here they're called new potatoes. They're kind of little white potatoes new potatoes n-e-w n-e-w yeah new potatoes I, or, I don't i don't think we have i mean yeah. if you buy a bag of potatoes aren't they new <laughs> <laughs> hey I think, babe i got some i got some potatoes i just got from the store they are yeah, new brand new <laughs> i think yeah uh, i think the new uh, refers to the fact that they're quite small and then they haven't grown fully yet but got but it they, okay you brits actually, you brits have got some funny things going on over there well, you see, it's proper food. It's not like the stuff that you have over there, which isn't actually allowed in Europe. I know. You know why are they why, doing? Are they, are they? Why are they? They're killing us in America. They won't allow it because they care about they care about you in, in the UK, right? So they must not give a shit about us. Is that? I mean, I mean, like, why, why else would too they? Huh? Too much money in it. I know. I know. That's all it is. Literally, yeah. some of the stuff like chlorinated chicken that you've got there, which is doused in chlorine to, to debug it and do whatever else it is. And, and a lot of the foods there that, that we had this uh, years ago when I came over and people were talking about cheese in a can. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? How do you get cheese in a can? Right? <laughs> oh gosh. And what is that? I can't remember just, the name. I can't remember the name of it, but yeah, like it's a, it's a, it, it, you, you push it's, the, just, you push it's just chemical crap. Right. Ugh. And so, but, but a lot of stuff, like I said, in the US is banned in Europe, is not classed as a food stuff. And so, um, and for lots of reasons, some of it's very carcinogenic, some of it is very um, detrimental to gut health and gut microbiome and all sorts of weird and wonderful things. But the, but going back to what we were saying, so the small potato, salad potato, sometimes they call it, which are, have got a, a, a skin on them, but it's quite a thin skin. You can easily cook them so that they still have a small amount of bite to them. I don't mean that you're, you're crunching them, but they've still got a small amount of bite, bite to them with the skin on, just boil them. And that will be a really good way to be able to have an amount of carbohydrate in a way that doesn't hugely affect you. Mm -hmm. Now that is a massive generalization. Okay. And this is really important. Everyone is individual. And it is all dependent, from what the current research tells us, it's all dependent on your unique gut microbiome and how 
the bacteria in your gut reacts, if you like, to the carbohydrate that you take in. So most people will eat a banana and get quite a high spike in blood glucose. Mm -hmm. But some people eat a banana and not even get a bump. What is so that's interesting. And I've heard that before. And I know I actually think I even read the studies. How, 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 so you're talking that's that's attributed to what's going on in the gut, the gut microbiome. So it's it's going to spike insulin. It's going to, it's going to spike some blood sugar and some, and it's not going to another same banana. Correct. That's interesting. So, oh man. Again, it's a bit worse the other way. It's like some people will have cashews and, you know, and, and for you to find a, a blood glucose response to, to eating cashews, you need to be like a forensic scientist. Do you know what I mean? It's like such a little amount. Other people will get a massive spike off of it. And so it's very difficult to tell. So you need to, and uh, it's important to understand this, but you need to do your own individual kind of carb testing and see what works for you. So is that like using like one of those blood glucose monitors? Yeah. So you can you know use how one- your body interacts with different carbohydrates? Yeah, you do. I'll tell you what, Rob Wolf did a great book called Wired to Eat. And in that book, there is a section on how to um, test your own carb tolerance to foods. And basically, you eat 50 grams, 50 grams of carbohydrate. That doesn't mean 50 grams of rice. It means actual carbohydrate, 50 grams, I think it was. So you're talking about like a, like a carbohydrate drink? You're talking about like one of those? No, no, no. So you, you, you take the food that you would eat. So say you want to test white rice. Got it. Right? So you're taking you 50 grams of white rice. 50 grams of carbohydrate. So it might be that you need 100 grams of white rice. Yeah? Got it. But got it. Understood. The carbohydrate amount. Yep. 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 I, I, it might not be accurate. Buy the book. He's a great guy. Buy the book. Read it. It's worth it. Anyway. Um, and then you measure your blood glucose half an hour, an hour, and two hours later. And you see what happens. And the ones that go over a certain number, and it's all in the book, are ones you want to avoid. And the ones that stay below that number, you know you can you can use without the the, the effect of it storing fat uh, on your body and you get to use it more effectively. Yeah, and so yeah. you individualize your own carbohydrate intake. Now, that is... Great information, right? If you're, oh, great. I know that if I eat bananas, I have, an, I have a really bad reaction to them. But if I eat sweet potato, it works really well for me. Or if I eat, you know, black beans, I get a really bad reaction. But if I eat this other thing, it's really good for me. And I'll stick to the ones that I know are good. However, again, this context needs to be put in place. Carbohydrate is only an issue for people when they are overeating it. And if you're eating it at every meal and if you're eating it every five minutes or every hour and a half, because you've been told that the more often you eat, the, the, the more your metabolism is going to fire off, which is, we know is BS. Oh yeah. Eat six times a day. Right. right. If you're overeating on a regular basis, carbohydrate, then it is a problem and you need to know maybe which ones you can get away with. Yeah. But if you're only eating it sparingly at the right times, like in the evening, three by five diet, I don't think it really matters that much which one you choose. So, because, okay, but I, yep. I because it, I the environment it. is going into, the, the metabolic environment that is going into it hasn't had carbohydrate for the last 20 hours. Right. So you're going to be able to get away with much more. You have much more 
latitude on what you can eat without having a, uh, a detrimental effect. So I've got three questions and I hope I remember them all. First one is this. When you were just talking about carbohydrates, you're talking about real whole food carbohydrates, right? Yes. You're not talking about a Snickers bar. Let's just make yeah. sure that, that is, that's the obvious thing here, right? Yeah. The yeah. other thing that I'm hearing is it's not elevated blood sugar. It's the amount of time that you're elevated, that your blood sugar is elevated. So a quick spike isn't your issue. It's the elevated levels over a period of time. Yes. Can I give you an example of that? Yes, please. Real, real life example. Yep. So do you know what a continuous glucose monitor is? I do. It's the one it's that you CGM. have the patch that you put on your arm. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yep. So and that monitors your blood glucose 24 hours a day, seven days a week, right? And so clearly I've used them before because I'm going to try everything and understand how they work and whatnot. And so my experiment was this. I ate um, a portion of sushi, um, which had the rice in it, the white rice. So the reason sushi rice is so sticky is one, it has a lot of starch in it. And two, they add sugar to it to make it more sticky. Mm -hmm. And so it has a very uh, high amount of sugar. So a portion of that measured my blood glucose. It spiked up really high. Um, and But 20 minutes later, it was back to baseline. Interesting. Oh, okay, mm -hmm. cool. Mm -hmm. I did the same the next day with cake and chocolate. Spike was the same. It went up to that level. It was almost like I had a, a, a ceiling as to how high the blood glucose would go, and it was hitting that ceiling every time. Mm -hmm. Cake and chocolate hits that same ceiling and doesn't come down for 17 hours. Okay. Why? Well, lots of reasons. Firstly, is it the is it is it the fat that's in the cake? Firstly, the fat and and sugar. Yeah, yeah. Firstly, fat and 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 sugar. But also, once it's in, if it's if it's difficult to break down, because this was these were done in the evening, these were done at, at night. Right? It's going to stay elevated throughout your sleep, and whilst it stays elevated, what's going to happen is your heart rate's going to be up. And your heart rate is now elevated, so you're not really getting rest. If you if you have trouble getting up in the morning because you're tired, it's because you haven't slept. And you haven't slept because you ate too late at night and your body's digesting your food instead of allowing you to sleep and restore and repair and everything else. So to digest a meal, it's the same as a two-hour workout, the amount of energy that's needed. You wake up tired, it's because you ate too close to bed and you were running and a your marathon. Your body was working. And your you were running a half overnight. marathon throughout the night. Of course, you're going to be tired, right? So, so what's but, the rule of thumb? How, 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 when should we stop eating before bed? Just, I, I know that there's people that are listening. Like, okay, am I eating too late? Am I not? What's the cutoff time? How many hours? Three by five diet shows yep. that yep. if you if you if you do a, a schedule which is eight a.m. breakfast, one p.m. lunch, six p.m. dinner. Mm -hmm. you'll be good to go because what will happen is you'll finish dinner about half six and then you've got what maybe half 10 before you go to bed that's four depending hours. on the person yeah some people go right. eight thirty nine. i'm usually in bed by 9 9 30 right so that's three hours before bed so let me that's, ask you this for someone like me because anything anything under three hours i think you're going to find it disturbs a lot of your sleep and now here's the issue the first part of sleep the first couple of hours 
is where you get your deep sleep. And your deep sleep is massively important for removal of plaque in your brain, right? It's this, it's this washing out of the brain that happens in deep sleep, which was only really discovered a few years ago. And that is what prevents Alzheimer's, dementia, that kind of thing. When your deep sleep is compromised because you ate too late or you drank alcohol or something like that, or you're just not getting that deep sleep for other reasons like pharmaceuticals or whatever it is, that is what causes the Alzheimer's and the brain issues later on. Yep. So by, by eating earlier, so three hours plus, over three hours really, before you go to bed, your body's had a chance to digest most of it. Your heart rate will lower quicker when you go to sleep, better deep sleep, and also it will keep you asleep longer because your body's not trying to break down all this food all night. And therefore you're getting these spikes in um, cortisol and adrenaline because your body's getting stressed. So it's important to leave a good gap. And also you will not only sleep better, you will wake up way more refreshed. And, you know, sometimes you wake up and you go like, actually, I feel quite lean today. Quite like that, right? Yeah. And then other days you wake up and go, I feel bloated still and I've been asleep. Like what's going on? you'll have more of the lean days than the bloated days because you had so long ago that everything's been processed properly. You haven't been sleeping while trying to digest and all that kind of stuff. So, and I may be the outlier here, but this is a question that I want to know for me. If I were to stop eating at six and I were to go to bed at 10, like you just suggested, I would be ravished by 10. I would be extremely hungry by 10 and it would be hard for me to fall. It, I would be so hungry that I, it would be hard for me to fall asleep. So, so I don't know if there's anybody else out there like me. But I'm sure there what, is. What, but the, what, what the, is, yeah. the question you have to ask is, why is it I can't go four hours before feeling so hungry that I'm going to rip someone's head off? And the answer is your body's not burning fat for fuel. It's burning glucose. And when the glucose is at a low enough level, it takes your body too long to switch to the fat burning mode. Mm-hmm. And then in that interim, there's no glucose, there's no fat burning. There's this no man's land where you're like, give me something, otherwise I'm going to tear someone's head off. And you're not a fat person by any stretch of the imagination, but you manage your body fat on your food intake. Right? You, you used to have a great saying, which was, forget the exercise, let the food do the work. Yeah. For yeah. sure. And and that's how you keep yourself in such good shape. Now, your adjustment would need to be, let's get your metabolism burning fat for fuel as easy as it does sugar. And, what's and, then, the, you, okay. and then you can go, I mean, even someone as lean as you has got probably 100,000 calories of fat on them. And you could go for, for days on that without eating. Mm-hmm. You know, there's absolutely not a reason. And if yep. you've ever done, have you ever done an extended fast? I've never done an extended fast. Okay. So because you get to three hours and go, right, I'm done. Oh, right. I, the most I've done, so I've, 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 yeah, I've done 24 hours. I've done 24 hours, but this was right. long ago. This was a few years ago. Now I'm, I'm leaner than I was though. You know, during those years, I'm really, really lean right now. And so what's, what would you recommend for me? Someone like me who just shared that with you, am I, not eating enough fat? Should I eat more fat, less carbs? Like how do I, cause I definitely want to want to push through this. It's kind of annoying. Uh, I'll wake up. Sometimes I'll wake up in the middle of the night 
really, really hungry. And it, that's what wakes me up is just really, really hungry. Yeah. I got to go downstairs. Well, I grab thing. something. But here's the thing, Mike. The reason you're waking up is because your body's not able to convert the fat to fuel, right? You're not creating enough ketones because what happens when you burn fat for fuel. And therefore, the blood glucose drops. It drops to a point where your brain is like, this is no good. We need to go find food. So it increases adrenaline and cortisol, which wakes you up. And then you have to go and find something to eat. And then it calms back down again. You go back to sleep. That's exactly, you nailed it. But, but what what problem with that is you're then eating 24 hours a day. Which is right? not There's what I want to do. A stop. There's yeah. never a no. break, right? So what has to happen in your case is, again, to repeat myself, three by five diet, three meals a day, five hours in between meals. The first two meals, breakfast and lunch, protein, good fats, non-starchy vegetables. What that's going to do for you, if you followed it, is it would give your body a longer period of time without carbohydrate. You're still getting food and you're still getting very nutrient dense foods, but the carbohydrate is at the minimum. Mm -hmm. You get to dinner time and you have your carbohydrate with your protein and your vegetables. And then you have enough carbohydrate there so that throughout your sleep, you sleep better. Your body's not dropping blood glucose. I know you're saying about five hours later, I'm going to be starving. But what's going to happen is you're, if you go to bed, the first day, the first week, it's not going to be any different. But then what will happen is your body will realize it can start burning fat for fuel easier. Because when you stop eating at 6, 6.30, you're not eating again until 8 o'clock the next morning. Sure. So that's like a, that's almost a 14-hour fast. But it's not just a 14-hour fast. Because from 8 o'clock, breakfast, no carbohydrate. Lunch, 1 o'clock, no carbohydrate. Dinner, 6 o'clock, carbohydrate. It means you've gone almost 24 hours before your next carbohydrate bolus, the intake. And that allows your body to then get used to burning fat for fuel during that time. It will take a few days, but once it does, it will switch easily between the two. Now, once it can do that, because you've given it enough time to get used to it, when you go to bed, all that's going to happen, it will flip between glucose will run out and then it will flip back to um, uh, fat. So and it will keep you asleep for longer. But, so but I'm going to try it. My, my here's here's my concern though. My I don't want to lose any more body fat. I'm I don't have much to lose at this particular stage. So what does that mean for me, right? Like if I don't want to lose any more body fat, won't this essentially create fat loss for me? Eat more calories. Okay, that's what I just figured eat, you'd eat say. Big. Just eat, Listen, eat, eat more. Eat, eat big. Yeah. What? Yeah. Eat more. That's that's eat a problem. More. Yeah, yeah, that's a problem. That's a good right? problem to have. That's a yeah, good yeah. problem to have, right? <laughs> Most people Everybody are trying to under eat, and you're saying, "Well, yeah. I'm my my." But here's the thing, right? Your metabolism is firing off really well because you're obviously burning through everything you're eating. But you're eating, going back to the beginning of this conversation, right? The beginning of this podcast. Too frequently. You're eating, eat a, lot frequently. Of, you're eating a lot of gasoline, right? Stuff that's yeah. burning really quick. And right. so by the time it's burnt off, it's like, okay, where's my next gasoline hit? And actually. There isn't any because I should be asleep now. And eventually it's like, no, 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 get up and eat 
the yep. thing that you need to eat, whatever it is. All right, so, big time question here. Yeah. We've got a big time question here. You keep saying, well, throughout this episode, right, we've been talking about eating your fats and carbs at the same time as a no-no because that is going to keep your blood glucose elevated. And if your goal is fat loss, the longer your blood glucose is elevated, the less likely you are to burn body fat. Yeah, there's also another really big problem eating fat and carbs together, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. Well, yeah, so here's here's my question. So, right, the three by five that we laid out in episode four, Your Last Diet, says you're not going to have carbs until the evening. Yep. In the evening, are you stripping fats away? Is it just protein, carbs, and non-starchy vegetables at night? Yep. And so you're only having – so let me ask you this. You personally, do you ever combine fats and carbs? Do you ever have healthy fats? And healthy carbs on your plate at the same time? Uh, maybe sometimes. You know, I'm not. I'm not that fussed about life. If I'm if I'm out at a restaurant and I'm I don't know, and I want to put some olive oil on my potatoes, I'm going to put olive oil on them. I'm not going to worry about it, right? Or the sauce is going to come. If I'm sitting in a restaurant that is an amazing restaurant, and the sauce comes, and the dish is amazing, and it's not perfect because. It's not. It's mixing carbs and fats together. I am the last person on earth that's going to worry about it. Sure. I'm going to, so, I'm going to have what, my as, and enjoy it. Yeah. But, but as we're sharing this with people, right? Yeah. What do yeah, people, yeah. if people are, you know, we're, we, we have this episode here. Our carbs are the enemy. People want to know, are they the enemy? When they should be eating them? What, what kind they should be eating ultimately yeah, yeah. so that they can lose body fat, right? The yeah, world needs okay. to lose so, body fat. So, but, yeah. but no, no, again, and this is, this is, bringing up your historic perspective on health. It's like, they need to do this to lose body fat because that's how you need to be healthy. But if the goal is to lose body fat, just eat less and exercise more, it will work temporarily, right? We have to change that whole perspective. And it's got to be, how do I not worry about my food anymore? I've been worrying about it for 10 years, 15 years, 20, whatever it is. And it's never worked for me. I've always, I've still got the same problem. And it's because the approach is wrong. Eat in a way that serves your metabolism and serves your body health-wise, and then get on with your life. And to do that, the three by five diet is the simplest way. But here's a couple of things. Firstly, will I put fat on my carbohydrate? No, not generally, because I don't think it's a good idea. Two reasons. One, we talked about it will um, elevate glucose for longer. But two, in nature, you do not find fat and carbohydrate together. Right? Interesting. Food, You're right. You're right. Whole foods, yeah. whole food only has either a carbohydrate or a fat. Right? So think of an avocado. Mm-hmm. Right? There's no carbohydrate in that. There's fiber in right. it. There's no carbohydrate. Right. Think of, think of a sweet potato. There's carbohydrate, but there's no fat in a sweet potato, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Think of a steak. There's lots of fat in steak. There's no carbohydrate in there. There's protein right. in steak, though, right? So protein and and yeah, yeah. No, fat that's fine. no carb. So it's just the so it's the energy sources that we're talking about, right? It's fat exactly. carb. What right. mm-hmm. in ice but, cream? In ice cream, there's there's carbs and fat. But <laughs> but ice cream not is not found in nature. <laughs> I thought right. I could slip one by you. But, you but can't eat ice thing. cream. No, but here's the thing, right? Yeah. If you have um, so this, in nature, we, we don't see it. We only see one or the other. Apart from acorns, well, acorns have got a high amount of fat and a high amount of carbohydrate. 
And it's interesting because in nature, the animals that eat uh, uh, acorns tend to be ones that are trying to fatten themselves up to hibernate in the winter. Right. And so acorns are only. So in that's season. interesting. Yeah. So even, the, even the intuition of animals know, right, <laughs> that fat and carbs together are going to fatten them up for winter. Yeah. And, and, and acorns are only really in season for about a month. Near have, the you end of October. The, have you ever eaten an acorn? So I haven't, no. But pigs eat them. Right, and pigs are generally. I'm just wondering how they would, how they, what they would do to your blood glucose. Yeah, they, it spike? they're not. I don't, I don't think they're good for us in in any way. I, I don't think so either. I'm just joking. But, but but pigs tend to eat them and tend to be quite on on the hefty side. You know, a lot of hibernating animals use them. Even animals that are just trying to fatten themselves up that don't hibernate for the winter just want to fatten themselves up. Mm-hmm. But here's what the here's what the real issue is: when you have fat and carbohydrate together, it create it. It hits a part of our brain that gives the same reward as class A drugs. And that combination is why you eat, you will overeat ice cream, but you will not overeat plain boiled potatoes. Because plain boiled potatoes, you're going to get bored of pretty quick. Oh, I've had tried if you take, it. <laughs> but, but if you take plain boiled potatoes and then mix them with a fat sauce like butter, you'll eat a huge amount more, right? So you and what will. happens, what, what happens is- You put some bacon is, on it, you eat more. Yep. Well, there you go, cheese yeah. Cheese and what? cheese. You put, yeah. you know, the, you know, the, the, the yeah. full, yeah. the loaded the baked potato. Yeah. Right? It, that is so interesting. You have a regular baked potato and a loaded baked potato. Which one are you finishing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. right? And so what it does, it causes something called hyperphagia, which is the, there's no off switch you know, you'll eat way more before you stop because it's hyper palatable. So it tastes good and it hits this reward center in your brain that's going more, 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 right? Mm-hmm. But, but if you have them separately, then you don't have that problem. Hence the three by five diet, have I mentioned that? But also any junk food, any candy, any of that kind of stuff is a mixture of fat and carbohydrates. Because they, because manufacturers know we will overeat on that and go back to it again and again and again, and they spend millions, tens of millions in research and development to get the exact they call it a bliss point, where the right amount of salt, sugar, fat, everything hits your tongue at the right point, sets the brain off in the right way, and then you cannot. It's like Pringles, right? You you will eat a whole tube of them. It's got no value whatsoever. Yeah. No, no nutritional value. And at the end of it, you go, oh, I wish I'd never eaten them. Now, what else is there? Where's that ice cream? Right? Because they, they don't do anything for you. But these are these are things to be aware of. It's, when you it, start- you know, it's amazing. Here's, here's an amazing thing that I'm thinking about, too. When you're talking about Pringles, that brings back memory. I used to eat a whole, a whole container of those, and I still wasn't hungry. My here, Here's a question, right? Let's you just say there's a... Yeah, you so but like there's a there's a I just ate a thousand calories or five hundred calories yeah, yeah. in Pringles and I'm not hungry. I no, take no. five hundred. You're, you're not full. Yeah, you mean. All right. yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. full, right? I'm still yeah. hungry. I'm ready to attack the ice cream or whatever else, yeah. right? How can you have five hundred calories or more, a thousand calories if you eat a tub of ice cream and still not be satiated? Hyperphagia, right? Got it's it. what it causes. It causes that switch to switch off, which yeah. is why. 
bears and pigs and animals eat it because they know that the reward of it will will make them eat more of it. So they'll gorge on it because they need to get that excess calorie in to create the body fat. And so they know that it just does it. They don't sit there with a pen and paper and a white coat and go, but if you eat this and that and measure out three and a half acorns, you're going to get 4.2 grams of protein. You know, that, that's not, only idiots like us do that. Only humans do that. <laughs> they sit there and they go, we know if we eat this stuff instinctively, we're going to get the energy we need for winter. And what then happens is humans, this is a great saying, and, and, and it's really, people need to think about this. Humans are the only species clever enough to design and make their own food yeah. and stupid enough to eat it. <laughs> yes, I've heard that before. Right? Oh. Because, because what they do is they, they, they go, well, if we're that clever, we're going to make it taste amazing and it's going to have all these combinations of chemicals and fats and sugars and things and it's going to be the most incredible thing. Like Ben and Jerry's or Hagen Dahl's, wherever it is, tastes insane because yes, they made them taste Jerry's. like that, right? Yeah, fish food comes to mind. Well, whichever one it is, but the fact <laughs> is you don't sit there and eat two spoons of it and go, oh, yeah, that's okay. Never, never. Well, you that, off that, the whole tub. that lid, that lid's coming off, and that tub is getting rinsed. Right, it's not getting. It's going to get finished. Oh, and you know what? I'm just thinking. I'm thinking about the remorse after it, Paul. The, what? You're just like, oh my god, what did I do? You're yeah. not even. Here's the so, thing too: is you're not even conscious of it, right? You fin yeah. finished the whole thing. You're not even thinking of it, and that's what it does, right? It, yeah. it just. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. And it hits that part of the brain where it's just switched off and just go you just you're in and and people will know this if they've done they've ever dieted and had a cheat day right this is such a stupid thing people do these diets and go oh i have a cheat day on a saturday okay no i think you used to call it a treat day or something you're asking right and reward, we had this reward, discussion, a reward day a reward, a reward day, day right and we yeah, yeah. And, and i basically said do you think putting a pizza in your body is a reward right yes and so yes. The, but but the, the fact is what they'll do is they'll they'll go to that that cheap meal and eat the burger they've been waiting to eat the burger and the fries think about this right burger fat with a bun carbohydrate with mm -hmm. fries mm -hmm. fries are what carbohydrate cooked in fat yes so yes both of them oh if and you, i can eat a eat super size like nothing who can Man. who would struggle to overeat on fries Right, you 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 only struggle to overeat on them. Well, no, it's not even that. If they're not, if they don't have salt, you will eat slightly less. If they're salted, and you have ketchup, you will eat five oh, times more. Yeah, right? yeah, and and yeah. you'll feel and and you'll tell yourself it's okay, it's a cheat day. Yeah, but think about the volume that you eat. Right, burger and fries. Yep. Even a, a, re a reasonable one is going to be about 800, maybe 1,000 calories, right? Some of them be yep. way more if you've got all the, the ranch sauce on it and all this sort of stuff. But when you've eaten that in your reward meal, it doesn't stop there. You don't go, right, I'm done now. No, you're, right. you're, you're waiting for the next ones. Where's, where's the Sunday? You're where, where, yeah, where's, yeah. where's the ice cream? And then yeah. you have the ice cream, and then on the drive home, you pass the, the shop that sells the, the cookies or whatever, and you go, I'm just going to go and get a brownie out of there. So true. Because so I'm true. still on that. I'm still on that trip. 
And it doesn't stop until you go to sleep. Right? Now, let's go back to my example of cake and chocolate, blood glucose spike, and staying up for 17 hours. Mm-hmm. If you've just eaten that much junk food, your blood glucose is going to be elevated no matter what, right? Then, Because you're not going to sleep, which is going to cause stress and cortisol, and that in and of itself causes blood glucose to stay elevated. The next morning, you think it's a brand new day, and a line's been drawn under everything, and everything's gone. Now, that stuff is still there. But you start eating again, right, in, a, in an environment that's already compromised and got high levels of everything in it, and it continues. It takes you like two or three days to really come back off of this reward meal that you then are going to have again in a day or two. So. Mm-hmm. Really? So true. This cycle, the vicious cycle. I mean, you basically described, I think, what what most, what the majority of Americans do on a daily basis, unfortunately, which is why within the next handful of years, one out of every two people are going to be obese. Right now, it's like 30-some percent. One out of every two. That means you're going to look to your left. But but I think, think actually, sorry, mate, if you go, if you include overweight and obese, Right, so overweight is the one before obese. Oh, gosh. You're put, what are you at? 60, 70% probably. Well, I think it's about 45% of Americans. And so it's nearly half the people. Okay. Right. Yep. And, and that's Unless a big you're in like Louisiana. Louisiana is like I mean, I don't, one, of the, I, one of the biggest states. Yeah. But again, you know, then we're getting into what influences your beliefs around your food and that kind of thing. And, you know, right. go culture, back to that culture, uh, episode culture. on that. <clears throat> but so, from a couple, so, yeah, go ahead. No, so I, I want to wrap this up. I want to bring in, like, summarize it. Key takeaways. We started off by saying carbs are the devil. Carbs are the are, are are bad, or or actually, I should say, are carbs the enemy? And I think we found out that carbs are not the enemy. Specific carbs can be the enemy. If you want to take it one step further, get an understanding of how specific carbs interact with your gut microbiome to determine what carbs you should be eating. Relative to your goals, am I am, am I right? Am I summarizing this right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And 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 so the other two things, right? So quality carbs, which is nothing new, right? It's the message That's that cool. we've been preaching our entire lives, right? Yeah. Don't consume carbohydrates with your fat. Yep. Or keep that to a minimum. Correct. And finally, work to bring in the three by five diet which basically does it all for you. You don't really have to think about one or two if you just follow the three by five, which is go to episode four, listen to it, write it down and follow it because that's going to change your life. Yeah, I mean, that's why I designed it because everyone had all these questions all the time and Mm -hmm. it was just a simple way of setting everything out that meant you didn't have to think about it anymore. And, And again, the one important thing to realize is people have this question about are carbohydrates bad for you because they overeat them and they eat them too regularly. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem, right? Because carbohydrates are not bad. Our body loves carbohydrate. It works very well on it. Mm-hmm. But if you're only giving it carbon, if you're waking up in the morning and having, you know, carbohydrate for breakfast, especially fast releasing stuff like, your your famous fruity pebbles. Well, well people go you know, to Starbucks or, and they get the bagel and they get right. It's right? like the, what what people or, or are the, saying or their the day is just a sh- yeah. It's a like drink. the pastries yeah. with the sugar, yeah. donuts, pastries, sweets exactly. usually with coffee. Yeah. Yep. 
like you're having dessert for breakfast. Right. And, and, but that also goes with things like um, oats and some of the other things that you might think, you know, wholemeal bread, things like that, that you think are slow releasing. That's all lovely. But when you're eating it at every meal, your body's never getting the ability to reduce the blood glucose to a point where it can switch to fat for fuel. And so you end up a la Mike Morelli that at 11 o'clock at night is tearing the house apart because he's so hungry. Whereas actually you should be able to go hours and hours on end without having that problem, especially yep. if it's time to go to sleep. Gotcha. And okay. so, you know, it's, it's the quantity, the regularity, carbs are not an enemy. Carbs are fine. They're good for you, especially if they're good quality. Got but good but you just said so. But not all carbs are good for you, right? We're talking about whole food carbs. Good we just need to make yeah. that clear because yeah. you eat whole a bag food. of you eat a, a bag of Lay's potato chips. That's a carbohydrate, but that also has lots yeah. of fat, lots of salt in it. Exactly. Right? That's yeah. not what That's we're talking about. We're not talking about you ice cream. You can't find a bag of potato chips in you know hanging off a tree, right? If you can't find me, if you can find me a, a potato chip bush then it's fine, <laughs> right? If you can find me a potato chip bush, man, I'm coming over. <laughs> right. so, but, but that's what I'm saying. Whole foods are things that are natural grown and that's the whole food. Yeah, it's not, it's not got a label on it. It's a really important thing. If you've got to read an ingredient label, it is not a whole food. It's processed. Bread is a highly processed food. It has mm-hmm. multiple ingredients. What if it's whole grain, though? What if it's whole grain? <laughs> That's what whole. they say on the bag, right? This is whole grain. It's healthy for you. And if it is just a bag of whole grain rice, it's not a terrible thing. Right. But if it's a bag of, I don't know, some sort of bar well, whole grain bread. whole grain in it. Yeah. Yeah, whole grain bread is a, is a 100% highly processed food. You cannot find a bread tree or bread growing under the ground, it has to be made with lots of different ingredients put together and then processed in a way that allows it to rise and then bake, and then there you have your product. Mm. It's not not sweet potato. Any last words, Paul, with regards to carbohydrates being the enemy? We realize that they're not the enemy unless you're having french fries. And it's it's the perspective people have about when and how much and all the rest of it to eat and the types to eat. Get that right. right. Go back to being, you know, whole food diet using good ingredients. And not only will you see your weight change, if that's important to you, but you will see your energy go up, your brain function improve, your sleep improve, your memory, your your hormones, your libido, all of that stuff all of improve. Yeah. Just by making that easy switch. It's, it's you know, so true. crazy not to. You're the man, Paul. Thank you so much for sharing all of your amazing wisdom with us. Wherever you are listening right now, hit the subscribe, stay tuned, share with a friend or family member that needs the truth. We are here spitting the truth. Until next week, take care, everyone. Thanks, Paul. Have an awesome rest of your afternoon.